The world is a vampire. Don't, 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the GG Noob Podcast with Matthew and Kim. Hello, everyone. So, Kim, how has the last while been for you? It's been fine. Just been living life. I recently tried to wax my leg, just one of them, because I couldn't go further. I just wanted to see if I still felt things. I did. It hurt. Like, so I, like I stopped. To see if I could still feel. <laughs> yeah, I still feel, and it hurt. <laughs> Is that how you be emo when you're an adult? Yeah, you legs? try to wax your legs. It was painful. I don't want to do it again. Life's been normal. Life's been fine. I've been playing a game this week. And next week I'm going to the beach, which I probably need a relaxation after playing this fucking game. Um, this week I have been playing Castlevania. Symphony of the Night? Thank you. I couldn't remember the rest of it. I keep wanting to say Castlevania, Sons of Anarchy. I never watched that show. It's popular, though. So That'd be a good crossover. Yeah, let's make it happen. Dracula runs a biker gang and... Was it meth? Is that what they sold? I, I never Maybe. watched Maybe. Let's, let's start one of those, like, things where people fund you. Like, a GoFundMe for it. <laughs> Kickstart, Kickstart Kickstarter. Uh, Castlevania, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. How, how's, how's things been for you? Just uh, watching me play the game, being frustrated, basically? Uh, well, watching you play it made me want to play Castlevania, which... I honestly am very close to beating it already after having played it after you. And it's making me want to get a Game Boy Advance so I can go back and play the other Castlevania games. And it makes me regret the days when I owned a Game Boy Micro and then I sold it. Because I probably sold it for like $30. Yeah. And I was just on eBay looking and you could, they're going for hundreds. Plus you're like real excited about Gears of War. Yeah, yeah. The media embargo on Gears of War 4 ended on last Thursday... And so I'm getting bombarded with information about this beta that starts tomorrow. Um, whether or not I'll get into it tomorrow is... Uh, we're really dating this podcast recording, aren't we? And so I'm getting pretty excited about that. They added a lot of stuff that makes me feel less worried about the beta. Because after the last game, I was really kind of nervous. He didn't but, like the last game. No. Which, Rod Ferguson, the creator, came out and said that that game was kind of just an experiment to see different attempts in Gears of War. Rod Ferguson is sassy. I like him a lot. I liked what he said to someone on Twitter. He was like, oh, you haven't played it yet and you have negative opinions? That's cool. Glad you're informed. I don't remember exactly what he said, but you should go read his Twitter because it was funny. He was tweeted earlier that he was hinting that he would get someone banned from Gears of War if they continued to be as annoying as they are. Yeah, That's, I, I like think that. that guy's funny. He's pretty cool. But So I'm getting excited about that. I'll probably be streaming I'll that. i gush about it and stream it. And... Yeah, I'll be streaming it. She's going to be out of town this upcoming week, so I've got a lot of free time to play Gears of War, and so if anybody wants to play with or um, watch, watch you can just hit, hit me up through you Twitter. You want to watch him play with himself? Yeah. It's I, up to you. I can do that right on the Connect. Yeah, you can see everything, hear everything, all the noises. My understanding, Kim, is that you have another joke this week? I do! Yay! We should have music for joke time. Dun, 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 dun. Do you think so? No. Like, boom, 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 joke time. What's the best part about living in Switzerland, Matthew? Uh, easy banking. Not sure, but the flag is a big plus. 
<laughs> I always get the Swiss flag and the Swedish flag mixed up. Aren't they both crosses? Maybe. I don't know things about crosses. But I got that one. Also, time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like banana. Because they come out of bananas all... One time I had a banana in my car, and then I had a lot of fruit flies in my car. And I was cleaning it out at my college, and this girl came up to me, and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, there's a lot of fruit flies in my car. And she was like, you're gross, go away, you hobo. I'm not a hobo. I just like bananas that I have one in my car. Actually, I was taking a photography class, and I was taking pictures of bananas, so thank you. I was being Andy Warhol. Moving on, this week, well, this last couple weeks, been playing Castlevania. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Symphony of the Night. She's invoking... I'm invoking animal powers. It's like Captain Planet. Oh, girl. What are you doing? Should I beat you up too? <laughs> you take that little girl. Little girl, you're offending me, and I hate you. You win. Game's over. I that win. So bad. A- am I done? Boom, boom, boom. Take it, take it. But you can't have my pot roast. Obtained cube of Zoe? Is it like quirky and does it live in an apartment with three or four dudes depending on your season? I'm doing speed run. It's like you never met me. I'm the definition of speed and running. Motherfucker. I'm sorry for the language, Black Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to everyone. Marble Gallery. This sounds lovely. A gallery of marbles. I just got $25. It's like when my aunt would visit. My grandpa will usually give me more. I'm talking like Mitch Hedberg now. Now I'm talking like someone from Charleston. I don't understand my accents. Turkey! Because they're turkeys. I didn't mean to do that. Dobby, you did that. He pushed back on me and made me turn into a raptor. Going through the castle and I'm gonna get buried. Going through the castle I love killing these little skeletons because they're frail. It has been a little while since the last episode because... Uh, you took a little longer than expected to play this game, and I think you have uh, a reason for that? I didn't like it. Well, (laughs) well, I didn't like playing it. It's not that I don't like the game, necessarily, but, I mean, also, longer than expected isn't fair, because when we started playing this game, Matthew was like, I don't think you're gonna finish this. Like, I don't see you finishing this game. And you didn't. And I kind of finished it. Mm. Like, I got, I finished it, sort of, but I wasn't, like... It wasn't rewarding at all. You didn't finish it in the way that it was supposed to be finished. Right. Um, but I'm kind of watching you finish it now, so... Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I played quite a bit of it, I will say. I played most of the first part. Yeah, you got through the entirety of the first castle, but you did not get to the second castle. It didn't castle. flip upside down and all that junk. Um, I, yeah, um, we can talk about kind of the ratings, if you want. Kind of what my rating is, what, what Metacritic says, what other people say, what you say. Yeah. 
What do you, what do you, I want to hear first this time, what do you think of the game? What would you rate it? Give me some kind of different scale this time. Let's switch up our scales. Yeah, how many thumbs up are you giving it? I would give it as many thumbs up as humanly possible. Castlevania... He is going to grow thumbs to do this. Symphony of the Night is my second favorite game of all time. And as such, there's no way... I, I, I recognize that there's issues with this game, but I love it. I love it for its issues. I love everything about it. I'm playing through it right now, again, and I'm very close to beating it. And I'm finding stuff that I didn't know was in it. Like, every time I play this game, I find something new, and I love that about it. And I That's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't I can't get enough of something that I've probably played this game 20 times straight through, and I, I'll continue playing it probably Well, see, I you're die. a geek. It's a great game. This is what I have to say. I think games like this, games from the 90s, before, like, the internet was a thing, before video games were really popularized, I think people had to kind of be a little nerdy to play video games, because... You have to just find things. Like, Matthew says that he kind of sees a tutorial on this one a little bit more than some of the other games, but I didn't see it. It wasn't exactly presented to me. So I'm just saying, like, back then you kind of had to, like, buy a book to tell you how to do cheats or how to, you know, there was one point where, like, you just knock into a wall and something falls out that you need, and it's like, how the hell would I know that? And that kind of stuff stresses me out. And I'm not a video game geek. I'm not a gamer. So, you know, it was troubling for me. So I'll go ahead and tell you what I rated it. Okay. I'm going to rate it a 4 out of 10. How does that translate to thumbs? Thumbs? See, that's... Isn't it just like two thumbs up or like... I'm going to say one thumb down. I don't like this game. I hate everyone that voted for it. I hope you all step in dog shit. I think this game is a piece of shit. It's my second favorite game. Of all time. Yeah. And I think it's a piece of shit. It's so hard. You'd struggle with, like, Mario. Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah, sure. Basically, I get why other people would like this game. I get why Matthew likes this game. I get why in 1997 people thought this game was the best thing ever. When you were in kindergarten? Yeah, dude. I was, like, six. So... (laughs) I get that. I didn't have a PlayStation. I had a Nintendo 64. The graphics are different. I never dealt with old PlayStation. And I remember my mom having, like, Mario cheat cards. Like, she was a weirdo. No, I'm not... She wasn't a weirdo. She was actually pretty cool. She was pretty cool for playing Mario 64 and beating it and getting Princess Peach. I've said that a million times, probably. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, I understand why it's a great game. But for me, with playability in 2016... I'm giving it a four because I had a hard time with it and some of the characters, some of the dialogue were freaking ridiculous. And I get that that's charming to some people, especially if you played it in the 90s. I get the charm. I do get it. It, There were moments where I was like, that's charming, but it was very hard for me. It was a difficult game for me, like legitimately hard. You know, when things are hard for me, I get frustrated and I'm not a gamer, so I'm not like, oh, I want to figure out how to beat that. I'm like... Oh, I want to go to bed. And I've also had a real hard time staying awake lately. Like, I've been on certain drugs and... um, Alcohol. Right now I'm on alcohol, but I've been on some other drugs and a little bit of alcohol, don't worry. But uh, Seems to be a pattern on these shows, though. It's just more fun. (laughs) Life's more fun when you're an alcoholic. I have been sleepy. I haven't wanted to play this game much. I'll start out kind of enthusiastic and then it'll just wane. And Matthew saw that, and it probably wasn't a good game for me to play, but it won by a lot on our Twitter poll, and he also has people on GameFAQs, I think. Yeah, so. we, we ran two separate polls, and 
overwhelmingly Cynthia Knight won with like 53 votes out of like 70. So it was a overwhelming favorite. So right. this actually is a huge classic. Like it's a game that gamers love. And yeah. I'm not a gamer. No, uh, that, that's for sure. But through this podcast, maybe I'll become one. I mean, it's possible. The thing we really learned from you playing this game is that you lack those basic quote-unquote gamer skills of... Those D-pad abilities? Yeah, being able to actually move quickly and react to things quickly and jumping in precise oh, well, ways. You, you and... know I can't... When I'm driving, I don't think I react to things quickly. I'm terrible at anything sensory. Ask our insurance agent. Oh, low blow. Okay, okay. Story time. I... Was in the Jimmy John's let me the Jimmy John's parking lot. I just wanted a damn sandwich. They're not even that good of sandwiches. It's just the closest sandwich shop, and their parking lot is terrible. You have to admit it's terrible. I hit some guy's car a little bit. A, a, a parked car. Yeah, but the parking lot's really bad, like really bad. And it's one of those situations where you're like, I can make it. I'm being stupid, and then you go, and I just heard like. And he was cool, and I gave him my insurance number, and it happened that I turned 25 at the same time that we got a discount, so it just evened out. Yeah. And Matthew's still bitter, apparently, so. Mm-hmm. Need to paint up that car. Yeah, we had a, a pretty new car, so it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> but anyway, I I lack a lot of, um... Motor skills? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm not good with hand-eye coordination. And so, I think this game helped me learn some for other games, possibly. Hopefully. I I got a little better towards the end, but it's too hard for me. It's just, at this point, it is too hard for me. But you did get to the, quote-unquote, bad ending, where you, as Alucard, fight Richter Belmont and kill him, which Mm -hmm. is not the intended... Right. Story end, but you just wanted to end it. <laughs> and so we both agreed. I wanted agreed. to end the game, my life, your life. <laughs> so yeah. we agreed that's where we're going to stop. I could have told her about how to get to the better endings, but we just decided it would have taken way too long. She was not into it, as you could tell from her one thumb down grade. Do you have a guess how many thumbs Metacritic I mean, would give this game? I'm pretty sure Metacritic is just lauding this game saying it's great yeah it's a classic like you said it pulled and i get that again i don't want anyone to like email us and be like i hate you i mean you can please email us ggnewpod at gmail.com someone please email but like (laughs) but like i get that it's classic it's just i'm speaking from my perspective right now 2016 me being an idiot video game player yeah, the score on Metacritic right now is 93 out of 100, which if... So that's it's pretty be one of the highest. big, right? Yeah, that's got to be one of the Metacritic's highest. kind of... From the other games we've played, they've been kind of rough on... Not rough, but like, oh, this is average. Like, yeah. a little above average is what these games have been. So that's a great score. So it's a great game to most people. And I see it. I, I actually... It's quirky. I kind of like some things about it. Um, I do. It's just too hard for me. Yeah, um, it is worth noting, just as a little side fact, that this game actually was a critical, not a flop, but it did not do that well. And so it became what would be called a cult hit. It was something that as time went on, people went back and fell in love with it. And now it's one of the most popular video games probably in video game history. But it's still, because it did not sell well, it's still considered a kind of a cult. Was it released on Sony's PlayStation, like, 1? Or, like, what when was it re- released? It was released well, in 1997, but, like, what what platform was on that? On the PlayStation 1, the original okay. PlayStation. So this and was, like, one of their first games, kind of. 
By Konami, you said? By Konami, who made the rest of Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, Bomberman, things like that. I don't actually know, honestly, I don't know when the PlayStation came out, so I'm not sure how late in the life right. or early this was. But either way, the first PlayStation. Yeah, and this so. was the same year that Final Fantasy VII came out, so there was some competition in terms of gotcha. Japanese games coming over. Final Fantasy VII, so this must have been later on in the PlayStation's life then. No, Final or Fantasy did... One was on the Nintendo, the original Nintendo. Ah, interesting. Seven was the first Final Fantasy on the PlayStation. Interesting, so, okay. Fun facts for everybody. Yay! We love fun facts, don't we? Yep, it's good times. So, everyone else loves this game. I don't particularly, but I don't hate it. I get it. It's got some interesting characters in it. We can kind of talk about that. Obviously, it's based off of Alucard, obviously, which I find cheesy as shit. Alucard, Dracula, obviously. It's cheesy. And then there was one point, like, in in the dialogue where like one of the dialogue boxes was just periods because he was just like thinking and it's just so cheesy and it's just it must be the time video games are so much more advanced you know but that, that's kind of an RPG trope like yeah. whenever a character has nothing to like say a, they just put dot dot dots instead it's just of, goofy to yeah me. it's just it was goofy I, I did like what was what's the favorite line of yours from the beginning it's probably one of the most famous lines in video gaming is the a uh, quote from Dracula of what is a man, a miserable little pile of secrets. I kind of liked that, but it's, there was a lot of crappy bad. writing. And it could... Was it made in Japanese first, then oh, translated? Sure. Absolutely. There you go. That's that's <laughs> part of it's the issue. But there's some interesting characters. There's some interesting enemies that you fight that have like some interesting backstories. And then Dracula himself has interesting backstories. I mean, you've read... I've read parts of Dracula. I can't remember if I read the whole thing in English class. I haven't read it on my own. But kind of tell us the... You meet Dracula in the game. I actually didn't get to that. You met him in the beginning, at least. Yeah, I met him in the beginning. But um, kind of tell us about Bram Stoker's Dracula and how it kind of works with the game. Yeah, I'll put my um, English degree to use. Yeah, for once. (laughs) Bram Stoker created the idea of Dracula... And the Dracula in this game is very loosely based upon Bram Stoker's Dracula. He is a Romanian aristocrat who lives in a castle and is a vampire. So it sticks to that. <laughs> it sticks to that formula pretty well. But if you haven't read Dracula, and honestly, most people probably haven't, that honestly isn't a book that they teach in English classes. Much. I was taught Dracula. But so. what is Dracula like in Bram Stoker? He's he's not the typical Bela Lugosi Dracula that you no. see around. That's one of those things. Like if people know about Frankenstein or Dracula from movies and from different types of media, and then you go back and read the book, and they're very boring. Like Dracula is a book about. It's arguably about the invasion of the Jew into Christian culture. <gasps> I know. It's scary. Or just the idea of the other, like a Romanian Eastern European coming into Western Europe. Because it's about a wealthy aristocrat from Romania who comes to England to purchase land. And the main character is a lawyer who's working on the legal side of it. What's the character's name? Uh, I think it's Jonathan Harker. That sounds right. Yeah. Dracula is 
If you don't know, he's based on Lord Byron, the poet, who is a very... How do you know that he's based on Lord Byron? Because Bram Stoker said so. <laughs> he did actually say yeah, that. Yeah, he said that it was he, when he imagined what Dracula was like, he because chose Because other Lord people Byron. think that he's based on someone else, but we'll get into that later. Well, his physical appearance in the okay. book is based off Lord Byron, which Lord Byron was a very intellectual, very suave, kind of a lady killer, and he was a soldier as well. And a man killer. <laughs> Percy Bysshe Shelley. That's very true. And, and a literal man-killer because he died in a war. So, but when you meet Dracula in the book, he's old. And then as the book goes on, he gets younger because he's stealing life force. And by the end, he looks okay. like Lord Byron with the pretty features and the long flowing hair. And ah, things like that. Yeah. But Dracula is a... He's wise. He's cunning. He is very charming and charismatic. And like all the... not You know, the Nosferatu... Like, oh, look at this monster, Dracula, and then the Bela Lugosi typical Those in were a suit after sauntering Bram around. Stoker what, too, right? Yes, well after. And for some reason they decided that Dracula didn't serve in film as a charismatic character. They wanted to just make him a scary monster. Right. Which doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's the direction. They still make him pretty like not Nosferatu, but like Bela Lugosi's still pretty classy. Nosferatu is just scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in Castlevania, this Dracula, the little bit you interact with him, he kind of comes off as a suave, charming guy because you meet him and he's making quips and he's sit- sitting drinking wine, which is probably blood, but it's in a wine glass. Right. When he's talking to Richter and he's waxing philosophical right before this boss fight. And then, like, that. My wax earlier was not philosophical, <laughs> it was painful. Made you think, though, didn't it? Kind of. Like, why am I doing this just so I can feel. And by the end, he's quoting Bible verses, and he's trying to reason with his son about the um, the futility of existence and things like that. And so it's kind of that more well-thought-out Dracula as right. opposed to the monster that we're used to. And so that's the main um, takeaway. Though it Also, worth... he could turn to yes, steam? Yes, in the mist. Mist. In the books, he can turn into the bat, like we all know, and he could also turn into mist to get into So those are some, rooms. some similarities. And that's something that Alucard, Alucard can do, and mm-hmm. so you assume Dracula can as well, since they're related. Also, in the Castlevania Lords of Shadow game, the reboot the past of Dracula, where you play as Dracula, spoilers again, played those, and he serves as a soldier in this church order, and he become, he loses a loved one, and he becomes bitter, and becomes this figure of rage and chaos that is Dracula, which is based on the historical inspiration of Dracula, which I believe you actually kind of were interested in. Yeah, and what was Dracula's real name in Castlevania? In Castlevania, his name is Count Vlad Tepes Dracula. Which is funny, because that is a real person, which I'm sure you've heard of Vlad the Impaler. From BattleBots, if anything. Or just from, like, history. Like, maybe you took a history class once. Jeez. But anyway, um, Vlad the Impaler, he was the king of Wallachia, which is Romania. When was this? It was, like, the 1400s, I believe. Yeah, 1400s. <laughs> anyway, so, like, his dad was Vlad II, and Vlad the Impaler was Vlad III. So Vlad II, he was in something called the Order of the Dragon, which was basically defenders of Christianity because the Ottomans were coming through and they were like, Islam, yay! And the Ottomans were a pretty powerful force. Powerful force. Basically, Vlad III started out his life pretty much as a prisoner of war because Vlad II met with the Sultan at the time. I think it was Murad II, I believe. Sure. Met with him and he basically said, at the time, the Ottomans were at war with Hungary. 
And I actually believe that the, the Romanians and Hungary pretty much got along. So he pretty much said, La the second, you cannot interfere. Like, don't help them. I'll keep your kids. I'll take care of them. But if you help them, your kids are dead. So they actually taught the kids pretty well. They, like, it was um, Vlad III and his brother. They taught him how to ride, all those things. They didn't keep him in cells or anything. But it's one good way to make someone angry. You know, he wants to avenge his father when he... I don't know how he got out of that situation, but obviously he's pissed. You know, he doesn't like the Ottomans. It's a very Game um, of Thrones thing. Doesn't that happen constantly in Game of is, Thrones? It is, and it's interesting because um, Vlad II was, I already said in the Order of the Dragon. That's where Vlad II started calling himself Vlad Dracul because of the dragon. He gave himself that title because Dracul was related to dragons. And then Vlad III, actually before he was taken to the Ottomans, he was inducted into the Order of the Dragon and he was called Vlad Draculae. So it's more Draculae probably than Dracula because Dracula in Romanian actually means something else. But anyway, he... Basically, comes back. There's tales that he did kill some aristocrats that were under him. You know, he'd, he'd invite them to fancy dinners and then kill them all, <laughs> of course, do. by impaling them, which is what a way to kill someone. And then you're, like, showing their body. It's so violent. But anyway, and then he would dip bread in their blood and eat it. And that's more how he ate blood than drinking blood. But... There's also sources that say that that is not true because there was someone who wrote a book called In Search of Dracula, and they basically stated the poem said that he ate blood with his bread. But people later said that translation sounds more like he washed his hands and his enemy's blood before he ate dinner. Which could have been a metaphorical right. washing his hands. Right. Could be metaphorical, could even be true, but even so, it's not quite eating it. It's gross but it's probably metaphorical and it's one poem it's a 15th century german poem so it's like you know and it's still available apparently in museums and so people can look at it and make their own decisions but there's really not a whole lot of backup that he drank or ate blood but he was i mean he was violent he did impale people he impaled a lot of people around his castle a lot of Ottomans to make Ottomans afraid to come to his castle. I mean, was he just being a good ruler and trying to keep his people safe? Was he probably a little demented? Yeah, probably. He grew up as a prisoner of war. One thing he did that I think is really interesting and cool is that there was an Ottoman camp nearby. He actually sent some of his own soldiers down, dressed as Ottomans, and so the Ottomans are like, oh gosh, you know, they're coming dressed as us to attack us, and then Vlad's people left, the Romanians left, and so they just are killing each other because they don't know who's real or not. Like, that is so cunning, and that's that's kind of a Dracula trait, right? And the other, the other thing is, basically, the Lord Byron thing is interesting to me because what I was reading, Bram Stoker actually didn't release any of his notes about writing Dracula, but his wife did when he died in 1912, which seems really recent to me. But his wife released notes, and in those footnotes, it did say that he was aware of a book about the Wallachia people, the Wallachians. And he had a footnote, and he put it in caps that said Dracula means devil in Romanian. So he was kind of going with the Romanian word for devil instead of that Draculae. So there are ties, definitely. Draculae means dragon. Um, or, or, like, I think Son of the Dragon. I'm not sure exactly. I think it means Son of the Dragon. 
And Dracul would have meant, I think, dragon. But I'm not 100% sure I'm not Romanian, so don't trust me. It's probably not even <laughs> true Romanian anymore. But it's just, it's funny because there's so much about this guy. People hated him, but actually Romania loves him. They think he was a hero who tried to protect his One people. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Right, and so it's funny too because the word Dracula in Romanian actually means courageous, cruel, and cunning. So cruel is in there, but also courageous and cunning. So that's that's really cool to me. Like, but I guess I guess Satan or evil devil in all forms has always been cunning. Yeah, you know, it's always about outwitting. So, I mean, that's interesting. And then just the, the idea of vampires. This has just been a thing for forever. And like, I'll you know, it, it spans the world. People, there's examples of in Europe when there were sicknesses, people would die. And basically, people, instead of fearing, like, you know, they didn't understand that it was a disease or whatever, or they needed to wash their fucking hands. But, you know, they understood that people died, so they started to turn their fear to the dead people. They would open up graves, and basically, sometimes people would bloat and their mouths would fill with blood. And they thought these people were escaping and drinking blood. <laughs> and so. That's kind of terrifying, but they that's where the wooden stake comes from because they would actually stake them into the ground so that they couldn't get out. There's different versions of the story all throughout history of dr- blood drinking people. In Romania, um, they didn't have purgatory. They didn't believe in purgatory. So children who weren't baptized were supposed to become kind of vampiric demons who basically went around drinking blood of like cattle and stuff. So they put out milk for these children. Like There's different stories everywhere. Of blood drinkers, and there's real blood drinkers like vampire bats, but they don't drink till death or do anything fancy. But that's obviously where the the bat thing Mosquito. comes in. Mosquitoes, yeah. So that I think Vlad the Impaler is interesting because he's shrouded in mystery. I think you know the fact that did Bram Stoker know a lot about Vlad the Impaler? There yeah. are certainly some some things that are similar where he was from. The fact that he was basically royalty. The fact that he... I actually think he fought the Ottomans as well on the Danube River. I'm pretty sure I read that that was something that Dracula also did in the book, but we may have to figure that out. I, mean, that may have been, I don't remember that, but that may be one of the reasons he was famous. Yeah. So anyway, it's very possible that Bram Stoker knew about Vlad the Impaler, but it's also possible that he just read this one book and he liked the sound of Dracula, meaning devil, and he wanted that to be evil, and he knew nothing about Vlad. But Vlad the Impaler's cool. I think he's interesting. He may not have been as bad as I think, or he may have been seriously a terror. He does sound a little dangerous, but, you know. That's what I have about Vlad the Impaler, Vlad Tepes, and that is the name of the character in Castlevania. So they're definitely going with that story, that story that was set before Bram Stoker's notes came out. It's interesting that one man, Bram Stoker, could write what is arguably one of the most famous novels in the English language, and that can completely color future's opinion of Vlad the Impaler. Like, obviously, if you have a name like the Impaler, it's going to... But I'm sure his people didn't call him that. I'm sure he probably had another yeah, title. Yeah, he, he did go by Vlad, I think, Dracula. He did go by that. Which is a current, the son of the dragon. I believe. Don't quote us. Which, I mean, so one Englishman can write a book about a Romanian, and now, for all history, we look at that one Romanian as a villain and a horrible man. And a vampire. And like, a vampire. Literally, he may have been a mystical vampire. Like, people probably go to Transylvania to see his old, like, castle, and they're probably like, this is where Dracula lived. And it's like, no, this is where Vlad Tepes lived. Like, you know, this was a real person. 
and with feelings of dreams. with feelings and dreams and a love of impaling people. So he probably was brutal. There's but no it's doubt. The 1400s. But was he any more brutal than some other figures that we've known of? I don't know. Well, you think about impaling, and how different is that from like crucifixion? And Hungary was part True. of the Holy Roman Empire, of which. But impaling is in. like you're sticking it all the way up their body while yeah. they're alive, and then leaving them there. As opposed to as nailing them to a post and leaving it's them there. It's similar. It's very similar. I would say impaling is probably nicer because you probably die quick quicker. It must be hard to do though to impale someone. Like, how do you? There are stories that Vlad the Impaler loved it. But he said that they wriggled like frogs, like gleefully said that. But that's a story. You know, I can't, I can't, basically all I can tell you is that we don't know anything. And that's pretty much, I think science, history, everything is we don't know anything. We're going to keep searching for the answer. We're going to keep updating what we know, but we'll never know. And you're talking about a book that influences generations about a certain character. Do you want to talk about Paradise Lost? Like, people really think that these are biblical things, but they're not in the Bible. They're just in Paradise Lost, which is a fiction book. Like, oh my gosh. Like, literature is so... It crafts the world. Like, people don't... English degrees are underappreciated, yeah, Matthew. Tell me about it. Especially You're in the business world. so important. I know. Along with Dracula, uh, this game, and Castlevania as a whole, features a lot of other monsters and creatures and mythological beings from across the world. And I think there was a few that caught your eye when you were going through, right? For sure. There were a lot of weird ones. There were some I didn't even get to, but I saw oh. later. Um, like the succubus. Do you want to tell people about the succubus first? Because I think she was interesting. The succubus is a classic demon creature and all sorts of things. In Castlevania, she always shows up. And in this one, she infiltrates Alucard's dreams and tries to change him from the inside, which is a little different from what a succubus She pretends to be his mother. That's true. And it's creepy. Which is a little weird, I guess, if you think about it. But you fight her, and all that Kim really noticed out of this battle that I did, she didn't fight her, was the the death of the succubus. And I thought that, I think that excited you whenever you watched that, right? Excited me? <laughs> no, she was excited. Like, she moaned, like, sexually. Like, why did we do this? To- She's a succubus. Yeah, but she doesn't need to moan. Like, her death? <laughs> her death moan. The other thing that I found freaking weird and kind of sexual, like, trying to make something sexual it shouldn't have been was the Dicephalus, which is what it's called in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But in other Castlevanias, it has been called the Amphisbena, I believe. And that is actually a real Greek mythological creature with a lizard head. Oh, no, it's a serpent with two heads. But they've called it Dicephalus in this like one. Like an Ouroboros? Sort of. Um, but it had basically an alligator body with, like, hair. And then it had, like, hot. a hot lady sprouted out the other side. And she, like, threw yeah. fireballs at you. Which, like, why did that lady need to be hot? Like, why did this creature apparently... I tried to research... It doesn't exist anywhere else. Like, someone is really weird and, like, made this up. And if you read, like, the description of this enemy, it's, like, I forget what it says, but it's, like, really, like, which one's the head? A disgusting creature. Like, I wonder if they modeled it after an ex-girlfriend or something. Because it's just, it's so funny. But that was one of the ones that I noticed. The other big one that I noticed is from another game that we played. Can you guess? Which game was from? Uh, or who well, we it played was. three, so it's probably not WoW. Probably not Evil Within, so I guess it would be from Rise. <gasps> You're so smart. Actually, Nemesis is in this game, which you didn't know that, did you? Uh, no. 
They didn't call her nemesis. She is actually the hunting girl. She's the one with the rapier. Um, and she's like the ghost swordsman. She kind of flashes in and out, but occasionally she'll strike at you. Um, she is nemesis, that one we talked about from Rise, Son of Rome. She's kind of the goddess of, um, what would you say she's the goddess of? Like Of vengeance, I of believe. Of vengeance. Basically, she is an equalizer. She believes in revenge. No one should ever have too much good. So it's not so much 100% always revenge. It's just like... If someone's really privileged, she's like, no, man, Which, F that. She's communism. So, like in Rise, like you, from one perspective, you could see Marius being, she's the god of vengeance, so he needs revenge. At the same time, Nero's too powerful, and so she needs to bring him down. Right. Sides. She wants to help Marius because Nero has too much power, and she wants to equalize things. So I think Nemesis is super interesting. I want to learn more about her. But I did not realize, even when I talked about her last time, that she is the one from the narcissist story. And if you're not familiar with that story, basically, she leads him to... He's he's a hunter and a man who is loved beautiful. by all and is beautiful. And he thinks he's beautiful. He knows he's beautiful. He, he doesn't love anyone else. He hates those who love him. She leads him to a, a pool of you know that has a reflection, that has his reflection. And he can't leave it because he's like, I'm so gorgeous. And so he dies. And that's that was actually nice. Because he starves to death. He doesn't just... Yeah, he just, he dies because he's staring at his reflection. He won't move, he won't eat, you know. So Nemesis is the one that did that. And I think that's pretty cool. So those were a couple that flew at me. The freaking creepy dolls I didn't like. The dolls from hell, apparently. A little inspired by Chucky I was reading. There were, there were a lot of interesting things. There were What were some of the things, some of the enemies, what did I call those? Like, I know there were several, but I, like parrots? Some there was parrots. a few. There was the flea men, which are these tiny little dudes that hop around like fleas, and she would always call them parrots. And then there was these big armor ghost knights who were green, and she kept calling them ninja turtles, even though, I mean, I guess they kind of look like ninja turtles. They did! And then there was the Ouija tables, which were, like, enchanted, possessed tables. And they probably have Ouija boards on them. Probably, but you can't really see it on that tiny screen, um, that you started calling side tables instead. I don't like these ninja turtles! Take that, you little side table. That's right, side table. You're not even a dining room table. I said it. I'll say it again. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you, Ninja Turtles. But, I mean, you know, it was interesting. Um, Matthew made a good point. We were talking about it before that... You know, our TV, I was I was saying, how is it that the graphics are bad to me on a bigger TV than most people would have had in 1997? Ours is like 50... 50, 50 inches. 50 inches. It's not huge, but it's larger than most TVs in 1997. I was like, and the the TV graphics are better. Yeah, and he was saying it wasn't made for today's TV, so it wasn't quite as contrasty. It probably didn't look as good. And also TV screens were kind of rounded, so maybe that helped. There were parts where I was, like, running into bats and stuff, and I just could not see them. Like, the contrast was not high enough for me in some parts of this game, and that made things difficult, too, but it was interesting, so... Yeah, when you scale up the graphical fidelity, you start amplifying the low-resolution textures in a game this old. And so, like, when you just start amplifying the bad parts of it, you do kind of lose the kind of tricks they did to hide those things. So Right. Uh, it's just it's, different. It's 100% different. And, again, I don't, I don't know if I brought this up yet, but the D-pad, it's such a D-pad game. I'm not used to the D-pad. I like the stick, so, like, I would try to use the D-pad, but, like, 
the stick is just more comfortable for me. So I couldn't, but I think the game would be easier if you would use the D-pad. This game was made before the analog sticks were added to the PlayStation, I'm pretty sure, and so it wasn't designed to be played with that. It has kind of Street Fighter inputs. So I would use my, what were those called? My supplementary weapons or whatever? Sub-weapons? Sub-weapons. Yep, she would constantly, instead of holding straight right, which you would on a D-pad, she kept holding it at an angle. And so whenever she would try to attack while moving forward, she would, would constantly... Like, throw axes or Bibles constantly. or whatever. And then if she were trying to a duck and attack... She would constantly be attacking at a down angle yeah. because she would hold forward but like the, the whole time. I can't get used to the D-pad. I'm sorry. Like, that is just... I can't... I didn't like to use it ever. Ever. Yeah. So... Well, that's a shame. Because it definitely would have made it easier yeah. on you. Maybe I'll come back to this once I've played a lot of other games. I love this game. I want to just say, like, the point of this podcast is, number one, it's supposed to be funny. Number Hopefully. two, we're kind of like narcissists. We want to hear ourselves talk. Um, Nemesis, please leave us alone. We we also have a lot of self-doubt and self-loathing, and um, we wax our legs just to see if we can I feel. Um, Matthew doesn't, but, you know, he probably does other things. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, we are doing this podcast because he has a huge interest. I don't share that interest. I have an interest in doing a podcast <laughs> and talking to people, and I have an interest in learning his interests. So... I would like to be a better gamer, and I think this game has taught me some basics um, that hopefully won't be as hard next time we play a game, but, you know, I, I want to like the things that he likes, but I just didn't grow up playing them, I don't have hand-eye coordination, and uh, this was probably not a good choice, I'm gonna say, just because it was such an old game. I think we need to do new games for a little while, and then maybe we try an old one later. Yeah, and maybe an older one that isn't quite so long. Maybe yeah. something that you can do. Quickly. I was kind of Googling, and like people said that Castlevania was actually kind of hard. The old ones, for sure. I was reading that this one was designed to be easier, so I find that funny. So it'd be fun to go back and play a really hard Castlevania. And maybe, see how that works out. maybe like 10 episodes from now. <laughs> but, um. But I think for the next game, we actually already decided that we wanted to do something a little more modern, we wanted to do something a little easier, and we wanted to do something that wasn't quite so involved as a story or anything like that. So we thought, how about something multiplayer? And, and we want to hear like other people saying stuff to us. We want to report on that, like what's the chat box. Definitely one of the draws of playing a multiplayer game in this context is seeing how other people react to yeah. it. So the game, and of course we thought... What is the most pleasant experience one can have playing online with people? And we thought, oh, League of Legends. People are so nice. They're the kindest. I need to, like, put my name, like, female player seven. Like, <laughs> then maybe they'll be nice. They actually were nicer to me one time. I've had, like, two accounts on League of Legends before, and one time mine was a little more girly, and they were nicer to me. But I think they probably judge you still. I, but I want to say I have not played this game in, like, two years. It's been a long time. Also, I never got that high level. No. Uh, when it got a little difficult, I freaked out. So, like, this is going to be a new experience. They've changed the game a lot from what Matthew says. Yeah. yeah. A lot of new characters, for sure. So, it's not going to be, like, this is, like, a trick. Like, I'm not... Just not hustling you. I'm not hustling you. I, I was never very good at this game. No. So, I'm going to start a new account. Yeah. And we're going to go from there. I don't know if we'll do a GG Noob Pod because, or if we want to make a name that might goad people. You know. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for like a name that might 
make people respond to me in any type of way, either being helpful or mean. Like, yeah. should I be like, gamer chick, love ya, something? Like, 69. <laughs> gamer chick loves ya, 69. Or should I be like, Gigi Noob Pop? Gigi Noob Kim? Gigi Noob Pop is what I meant. <laughs> or should I be like, Gigi Boob Pop? <laughs> you know, like, what's gonna make people... I mean, give us your opinion. We really want you to interact with us. So Twitter... like Again, we thing. want friends. Like, we just want friends, and you don't want to be our friends. Matthew, you're gonna miss me next week? Uh, yeah. You're not, because Gears of War is coming out. I'm going to be so busy playing Gears of War, and it's probably for the best that He's you are gonna here. He's going to miss me, though. Yeah, I guess. He's I'll have to cook for me. myself. He's going to miss me so much. But, so, we probably won't... I mean, obviously this one's coming out probably right before you leave, so there won't be one in the meantime, so... If you guys were just really eagerly awaiting, the League of Legends should be pretty easy to knock out. So that one should be coming pretty pretty soon after this. But in the meantime, you can follow us on the various social media outlets: Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Twitch. Yeah, she made an Instagram. Um, Twitter is going to be the best way to get to us. All of those are at Pod or at Kim. Or at Gigi New Matthew because sometimes we want to have individual thoughts. Yeah, we made individual Twitter accounts for us that we can use to let the viewer know, the listener know. Sometimes who's talking because sometimes it's yeah. important. Because sometimes if I am saying, "Hey, listen to this other podcast," I'm saying like, like Matthew wasn't listening to that podcast or whatever. And I, I kind of want to shout out a couple podcasts that gave us a listen and. Um, I think are pretty good um, on the Potter family, and also uh, Pod She is for women podcasts. There's one called Broad Roots that I thought was really good. It was about uh, women and their perspectives, and I also liked one called Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. It's also a couple, and they just they just talk about whatever, but they're interesting. So um, you can listen to that, or you can listen to. Slumber Party with Allie and Georgia, or the Jimmy Pardo one? Never Not Funny. Matthew loves Never Not Funny. That's the best. I was on one episode for He was. He got nervous. It was very But now he has his own podcast. Yeah, and I get Jimmy Pardo on this one. So, please, um, please subscribe to us on iTunes. We are on iTunes. Like us. Do whatever you can. Um, be our friends. Like, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you all day. I'll give you a hug. I'll give you so much. I will give you Hugs all that I have. Hugs for likes. Hugs, not drugs. Likes, not spikes. Thank you for listening so much. We really appreciate anybody who listens to us go on. Especially to this point. We're great. I'm great. You're great. We're great. High five. Up top. Up top. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good night. Have a good morning. Have a good middle of the day. If you're at work. Don't worry, Quentin times are coming. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. We love each other. Aww. We love each other. We love each other. Me and Dolly love each other. We're best friends till the weekend. Best friends for the weekend. Best friend all week, all day, all year. 
Best place.